This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. If the barrier to getting our sidewalks cleared is money, here's a proposal that could raise some. What about a tax on vacant residential properties? They have one in Vancouver. Or is that just an encroachment on the rights of property owners. Yako Joubert, a software developer, designer, and renter, thinks that's what we should do. And he conducted a very interesting condo vacancy study and found that the vacancy rates of such properties are higher than what most of us thought. So what do you think? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. And Yako joins me in studio now and on the line, Councillor Anna Bailao, who is also calling on the city to impose a vacancy tax. Welcome and thank you both for joining us. Thank you. So, Yako, uh, what did you expect to find when you started this study and what did you find? So when I first uh, set out to look at the lights in condos, I thought that um, it'd be about 1% vacancy rate across the buildings. I didn't really believe the rumors that people were buying up multiple units and leaving them empty. Um, and so over the course of a year, I looked at um, about 15 buildings uh, with an like empty period in between. So I looked at the beginning in the spring and I looked later in the summer. And I compared um, all the light usage to see which units over those, that period had absolutely no light usage. And that was about 5.6%. So about one in five uh, apartment building uh, condo units are, you know, not seeing any activity at all at night. 5% isn't one in five. But anyway, uh, Councillor Bailao, is that what you think the real vacancy rate is? Well, uh, we actually uh, had an initial look at it when we first uh, started um, talking about this in the city. In 2017, we had a report uh, that said that, you know, at a very high level, they looked at water and hydro consumptions. And obviously, the home is empty, your water and hydro consumption is very, very low. So taking that in consideration, the city actually uh, thinks that maybe between 2 and 4%. So that's between 15,000 and uh, 28,000. So Jacko is actually not that much off. I think that the ballpark is is very much, you know, uh, around there. So the possibility of having thousands and thousands of units that are sitting empty in our city, um, I think is very real. Yako, mm-hmm. uh, uh, do you think that maybe many of those are being used as a kind of Airbnb on occasion or something like that? So interestingly, the buildings that I did look at that was kind of known for having Airbnb use in them, they were some of the lowest rates. Um, they were came in about 1.2% for the buildings, the ICE buildings. Um, so I, I don't, I think that probably if you're Airbnb, uh, the units out, then they're probably going to show up as occupied uh, it's, uh, unless, you know, you are not doing a very good job of renting them out on Airbnb. So... <laughs> 
Uh, and uh, Councillor Bailao, so in Vancouver, they imposed this in 2016, this empty homes tax, and it raised an estimated $38 million in the first year. You know, that's not exactly chump change. Exactly, exactly. And uh, some of the feedback that I've uh, been getting sometimes was that, you know, it was costly. It costed them $8 million just of initial costs. I say that's still a pretty good deal. Even if in the first year I have to spend $8 million to bring $38 million, I think that's still, you know, uh, money that is, is welcome. Uh, and I think that there's two things. First of all, they use the money to invest in affordable housing, which I think is the right thing to do, uh, because this is not so much about a, a new tax. Um, it's actually try- doing two things. First of all is recognizing that, uh, a home, uh, a, a house is to be somebody's home. And if you're going to treat it as an investment, then, you know, you will have a different treatment. You have that choice, absolutely, but you will have a different different treatment. But also that um, trying to disincentivize this, this people from ha- doing that. I mean, if people want to have uh, properties, rent them out, fantastic. That is exactly, we need so much rental in our city. I mean, the vacancy rate is very unhealthy. So if some of these people put these units in the market and in the rental market, amazing. It will be somebody's home. That's, that's actually the essence of the policy. I wish we would create this, this tax and that a few years later, we wouldn't have any revenue, to be honest with you, because that means that actually, you know, these units would be, uh, being, they would be being rent out or they are, you know, somebody was able to buy them. That That is the big thing is that we want these homes, these houses to be, or condos to be used as homes uh, and not just as an investment. You you can still invest. Of course, we all, you know, it's our biggest investment, everybody that, that, that purchases real estate, but um, it's, it, it's, we have to get away, I think, from the commodification of, of houses, right, and, and homes and, and understand that we are in a very, very difficult situation in the city with a very, very unhealthy um, vacancy rate, uh, that rents are skyrocketing, uh, that, you know, people uh, that, you know, are uh, have very uh, good jobs cannot afford to live in the city, uh, never mind, you know, sometimes in people that are facing some vulnerable situations. And and so I think that, uh, that we need to understand that we need to create policy where um, we can have every home that we possibly can and create the opportunity for these homes to be um, to, to be somebody's home. And Yako, uh, you've done, I think, a little bit of work on on the relationship between a falsely, say, a falsely low vacancy rate and uh, an increase in rents. Yeah, so I, I, you know, rental prices are set at the margin. It's kind of like, you know, the game where the music's playing and everybody's running around the chairs, but it's one chair too little. People are going to spend all their money to stay where their community is and their family is and their friends. So I think even that small, you know, 5% that are sitting empty can have a much, a very large disproportionate effect on the actual increases in the rent in the city uh, as people are really afraid of getting pushed out. And uh, I have a question, you know, in Vancouver, because they've done this and there the problem with foreign ownership is is really visible. And I have to say, uh, one of my brothers lives there and literally right across the street from him, there are two houses that have been empty and under construction 
I've got to say it might be getting on 10 years. Uh, So hopefully they're paying some kind of tax. But is it a problem here in Toronto where most of these are condos and you frankly just don't see them, Councillor Bailao? I think I, I think there's there's both. Uh, I think the majority of them would would be in condos just because there's you know I, I also where we've had most of the construction happening in the city. But right? is it a and problem that they're not visible for everyone to see where there's a vacant property? It, it, it of course they're not they're not as visible, so the the outcry is not as loud. But I think that because people are more and more people are having such a hard time uh, finding housing and finding housing that they can afford. Um, I think that Torontonians are looking at this and saying, "Okay, this is enough is enough, right? Let's." Uh, I mean, if there's all these homes that have been built, uh, let's make sure that uh, that people can live in there. I am here with Yako Joubert, who did a study on this rather complicated study measuring light in buildings and found that the vacancy rate is probably higher than what we think it is. And we're also talking to Councillor Anna Bailao, who has seen other different measures from the city, and she would like to have that tax imposed. And uh, Councillor Bailao, uh, what's the reception to that on city council? Uh, so, I mean, council had uh, had agreed to look into this, like I said, back in 2017. I, I think that there's some of my colleagues that don't agree, but the majority did. And 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 I, I've uh, heard many, many people already talking about it, that they would like to look into this. So I think that the appetite is, ve- is there. Um, I just uh, we are at an executive meeting today. We're just on our lunch break. And I actually uh, put in a, a, a letter that was introduced and I'm. Uh, expecting it to be uh, uh, approved, that requests actually our city manager and chief financial officer to bring forward a report during our budget. Uh, So the budget is right now in the the middle of the process. We'll finish it up in February. So the idea is actually to have a report as part of the uh, 2020 uh, budget um, on how to implement the vacant home tax. So uh, we'll see uh, how it goes, but we're hoping to get that uh, that uh, update and and uh, and um, that information on on how to design such tax and how it could be implemented. And Yako, what do you think renters can do uh, to make their voices heard? And and have you found a community of people who are, are want to push for this? Um, I don't know if there is really much, to be honest, that the renter can do. Like I created a study because I thought that at least this would rekindle the conversation. Um, and I think like the people, counselors, to be honest, largely has their minds made up. Uh, progressive counselors are going to be uh, for it. And uh, conservative or may not be for it, especially if they own a bunch of property. So I guess I'm a little bit jaded by the process, uh, to be honest. I do think there's a role for the federal government as well. Uh, the problem with, you know, Vancouver introducing uh, foreign speculation tax was that it just shifted where the people are speculating. And so I fear that that can also happen here, where as soon as you introduce vacancy rules here, they would just shift back to Montreal or some other city? Well, it would would solve the immediate problems renters or may help solve the immediate problems renters have. Is is that a consideration, Councillor Bailao? That it shifts somewhere else? Yeah. 
I mean, obviously, anybody doing work in housing policy, we don't want that. Um, but we have to work with the tools that we have as a city. And unfortunately, they're extremely limited. I mean, Yako is right. I mean, when you talk about tools that the federal government and the provincial government have, um, they have a lot more of these tools than, than uh, the city of Toronto does. Um, I mean, actually, we had to have authorization to have this uh, from the province. A special authorization to have this done. So we have to work with the with the tools that we have. I think that that absolutely there there could be um, a role to uh, to the federal government uh, to to have something uh, uh, countrywide. Obviously, the the um, the cities that would benefit more for from uh, this tax is cities like our cities like Vancouver, Montreal, uh, Toronto. Um, uh, you know the 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 rent the vacancy rate uh, as low as as these cities uh, have it, it it's not a, a Canadian phenomenon. It's, it's just with some cities. Um, you know, sometimes you, you can find different housing scenarios um, uh, uh, across the, the country. And not that you don't have housing press pressures. You have housing pressures across the country, but sometimes at different points of a continuum. And Councillor Bilo, uh, you know, I see that it, it, back in 2017, council council directed staff to look look into this. And what we heard in our previous segment is that it can take forever even to get through the process of asking the staff to look into something. Why is it taking so long? So, um, I mean, we've been, uh, uh, what I've been hearing is that they're looking at what happens in Vancouver, how to deal with privacy issues, how the best way to implement this tax, because the goal is really to ensure that we bring these units back into the market. Um, uh, I, I I understand, but I don't think it's acceptable. I think given the situation that we we have, we need to do everything we can to move a bit faster. And, and so that's why I'm asking for this report to come. And, and um, I'm happy to see the commitment from, from staff when I spoke with our city manager and CFO to work towards having um, uh, this report as part of the 2020 budget. Uh, do you see this just as kind of a bureaucratic holdup, Yako? I mean, to me, the process is moving too slow. Um, they do, Out of all the city councillors in Toronto, only one, Joe Cressy, actually rents his house. And so I think they lack the urgency that comes from people ha- that people have that when they don't have stable housing. Um, and so they feel, you know, it can be, you cannot, you don't have that urgency that makes you want it to have it done immediately. And so they're okay with spending six months or a year, or in this case, two years, studying an issue that doesn't personally affect them. Okay. Uh, if, if I could just add, I think that, you know, uh, it, it is like, it is a, a complex issue. And as we know, sometimes people are, um, they're always looking for a perfect system. And what I'm telling staff is that, you know, it, it might not be perfect sometimes that, uh, but you, you need to start acting. And, and, and that's, that's the message here is like, let's, we need to start acting a bit quicker on this one. We don't need a perfect um, um, uh, uh, system. Tax system, absolutely. Okay. Uh, that is all the time we have. Thank you so much to Councillor Anna Bailau and Yako Joubert. Thank you. Okay. And that's all the time we have for Fight Back. And remember, Free For All Friday is coming up tomorrow. So if you couldn't get through today, especially on those snow removal questions, call back tomorrow. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. 
heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.